Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. I am Joseph M. Smith, the host of Tech Niche Tips podcast, where we help people break into tech, not just to get in there, but to also scale from there. Every week, I'll be having new episodes where I either talk from my own personal experiences or I share with my friends and people that I met along the way that have great tips and tricks, not only, again, to help you land a job in tech, but to help you scale from there. Join me on the Tech Niche Tips podcast. Until next time, I hope to see you on the other side. Stay tuned for more. Can it be used to motivate me to do what I really want to ultimately do, right? Um, And that impact of what you're saying on our body, our internal voices impact on our own body is also so powerful. Because if you think about when you're comfortable in your own skin and you're comfortable in your own neighborhood and you walk into the grocery store and you know exactly where you want to get your stuff, you walk differently. This is a welcome back to the homework show. And this is Charlene and my co-host, Joy, Joy. <laughs> we are. Oh my gosh. And Michael, we're all back together. Man, I think the last time we were together on episode 16, we were in a world of transition, right, Joy? Mm-hmm. It was Mike, our producer, was moving. He and his wife were moving to California. I was moving to California. Oh my gosh. So we we got now the West Coast and East Coast podcast. And we're going to fill in the middle of the country along the way. So I'm so excited to be here with you, Joy. Oh, my gosh. I, this yeah. is like welcome home. Welcome home. Right? Yeah. And I feel like we are um, mirroring the evolution of the country. Now we're a bi-coastal podcast. Yes. I feel yes. so. Oh, so my gosh. We have so much more range now. You can tell us how it's going on that side. And there's a totally different feel, you know, we're in the middle of winter right now and feeling different, different sides of the coin of the country. So this will be interesting. That's going to be another layer, right? We we added a new layer to our podcast and I'm just excited to kind of explore that as well. You know, we had such a strong community. Our, our, Our community came together over our last 16 episodes. Wow. What some tremendous times we've had with, with our, our community members. Um, yeah, I can't wait to have them back. There's, it's like, I know. it's going to be so exciting to um, hear, you know, how far people have come in the last year, year and a half. And I feel like that is, I mean, even when we left off on the last podcast, we were talking about transitions yes. and I want to hear how that is for you two. You I mean, Mike and Charlene, it's sort of like the other side of transition with you. You know, how are you? (laughs) That's a good question. You know, I'll let Mike jump in. But what what now? Um, I moved to California in September. It's now January. Right. Mm -hmm. And. Guess what? At first, I was going to be embarrassed to say that I was still in transition, but I'm okay with being still in transition because I'm realizing that when you make a move, it is not a destination. It's it's just the beginning of a new journey, 
Mm-hmm. And remember we talked about vision boards and we mm-hmm. all did our vision boards. And it was interesting on this one, I said, the journey starts, which brought me back to this whole transition of being on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Right? And the realization that it's not, oh, yes, I'm here now, but the transition has not ended. Mm-hmm. And doesn't it take so much time to settle in anywhere? It, it definitely does. Uh, <laughs> things they don't tell you when, when you decide to, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, leave leave a bubble of, of comfort, right? Like uh, Maryland, I've, I've lived in Maryland pretty much majority of my life. I was born in Atlanta and then we moved here when I was probably like four or five, something like that, maybe a little bit older than that. And so Maryland has kind of been the home base uh, for not just me, just the rest of my family. And so um, when you kind of decide to leave that bubble of comfort, something that you've already known, you, you don't, you don't realize that uh, moving to a new state city, all of those things what you have to inherently think about more like and so it's been an interesting six months like not just physically things changing emotionally things are changing and um so it's been very interesting and of course i moved here with my wife and um because she got a job here uh in los angeles and that was i mean that's another huge change because the la- i think the last time we spoke um, we were still sort if I, if I remember correctly, we were still considering San Diego and then things changed and we mm-hmm. ended up moving to Los Angeles. And so, um, it's just, it's a very, it's been a very interesting, I think we're coming up on six months now of since we left. Cause I think we left in July, July. Yeah. It was like the end of June, beginning of July. Um, I believe that's, that's right. It, it feels like forever ago. So, uh, of course, a lot of things have changed. Um, when we did leave, we didn't have a place to live. Of course, now I have a, I have, we have a home. And um, so just a lot of things have happened. So it'll be really cool to kind of talk about those things and talk about um, kind of really the evolution of what our lives are going to look here now. And <clears throat> we're just still sort of, just like Charlene says, she's, she's still in transition we're just now, I'm just now getting to a point where I kind of feel settled, you know, uh, about my surroundings, about, about things, um, you know, where we live, cause we're currently living in Inglewood. And, um, so uh, it's very interesting when you move from the safety and the comfort of an area that, you know, inherently you've known essentially your whole life, mm. uh, to a new place that's brand new. It has its own, tra- it has its homes vibe flow things that are done um just a different kind of standard so it'll be it's really interesting and i'm definitely excited to talk about those things from that but what about you joy you didn't move across the country but i'm sure things have changed since yeah did the show well, you are mirroring um what a few of my patients have been through a, a few of my patients moved just like a lot of people have been doing during this uh, what's the term, Charlene? The great res- resignation. Yes. Of people leaving their jobs still through the pandemic, you know, trying to determine what 
is a value for them? Is it living closer to family? Is it finding a new job? And so I've had a a couple patients do the same thing of transitioning to a new city or a new state. And there's, it is such a evolved process of grieving. You know, first it's like excitement and it's like, Oh, this new chapter, finally a new chapter. I'm really making a decision for myself, you know? And then there's this whole stage of grief of, of leaving these roots that you put down and then there's this the transition piece of where do I go buy my groceries? What if there's another toilet paper shortage? Do I have enough space to store my toilet paper? Or right. judge me about whatever my vaccine status is, you know, and yeah. and the color of my skin and the way that my the way I speak, you know what I mean? Like in yeah. Maryland, we're you know, I love the area that we are by DC because it's so um, there's just so much international community here, you know, and there's so much diversity and and um, liveliness of different kinds of cultures. And and that's not like that everywhere. So I've had some patients move to the middle of the country, you know, where they're like, I am not quite as welcome. <laughs> and that is really difficult, you know, and so yeah, being yeah, so I've so I've helped some people on on this end of the process at least, and then um, helped a lot of people through COVID, getting COVID, getting Omicron, recovering from that, and um, and I'm still here. So I am now starting to see some people come back in for treatment after two years. I'm seeing a lot of people who have not had a treatment, have not had therapy, have not had anything on the other end of the spectrum of transition, some people have not had anything really shift in their lives for two years. And so they're coming in a little bit like clamshells, sealed shut and are, are full of anxiety and pain. And so there's, you know, different people are ready to come back into the world and at different stages, you know? So, so that's been interesting on my end, what I've been seeing. Wow. You, you, well, let's let's keep it real, because because even though I'm on the West Coast, I did come back to the East Coast and I did have a session with Joy. <laughs> I needed to to be with Joy because, and she, you know, she and I talked about you know the transition, and I think we have a community member who is a transition therapist who's going to come on a future show, because I think there are things in a transition that people just don't talk about and they don't feel like they have the, the safe space to talk about it. Right. So I'll give, I'll give you an example of one in which I'm excited, excited to move across the country, excited, you know, for my new beginning and things haven't just worked out like I thought they would, right? We, you, especially for everybody who's moving in the in the height of the um, real estate market, right? Mm-hmm. People are, are is taking longer to get a house, and you know that that whole piece of not being settled, right? But you don't want to tell your friends and your family how you feel because they're like, oh, well that's what you wanted. You wanted to be there. You wanted to move. Right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to kind of just saying, yeah, but this is part of my transition story. Can I share it with you? Mm-hmm. Not that I want to be judged or firm, but it's just a part of my story that I want to share. So I cannot wait until we have our community member on who talked about 
transition and how to get through a transition and the truths about a transition. It's not all fun, right? There is some, there's some growing pains, there's some grief, there's some loss, there's some letting go. You know, it's the whole resetting, if you will, of your routine. And I think that's what I've experienced, right, is the resetting of the routine, right? Where to go to get my hair done, where to go shopping, where to go for that that coffee in the morning, what's my walking pattern, right? Um, what's my eating? You know, how am I going to eat? These, oh my gosh, we, we can really talk about um the depth of a transition, because I think we stay at the surface level of transition, right, of the move. You know, you talked about the great resignation, the people are looking for what's valuable to them. You know, that self-care, how do I want to spend my life? What kind of work I want to be doing in my life? Who do I want to work for? And to your point around what city or what environment do I want to be in? Do I want to live in an environment that accepts me for how I am, right? Versus living where people said I should live because that's the cool up and coming area. And so people are making decisions. I, I, people call it the great resignation, but truthfully, I call it the great resetting. Mm-hmm. Resetting what's priority to you as opposed to what has been the priority because of circumstances and situations that you probably weren't in control of, right? I.e., you got used to the money, you lived the lifestyle up to that money, and now that money and that lifestyle Mm -hmm. is trapping you and you don't feel fulfilled. This is why we're seeing a proliferation of entrepreneurship and creativity bursting on the scenes and people using their skills and their crafts, right, to do something else, to, to feed them, right, because their day jobs is not feeding them. And so, I, yeah, you know, in the, in the line of work I am around people, how do we keep people, how to retain people? Yes, it's tough, right? But at the same time, it gives us an opportunity to reimagine and rethink what would attract me to come work here mm-hmm. now, now, not before, now. So as employers, you know, as managers and as leaders of organizations, we have to really get back in touch with where people are now, it, mm-hmm. many of which are in transition. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, you, you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. A lot of things that people don't talk about when they transition, and you're right. You, you feel weird about complaining about your transition to a new place because people go, "Well, you, you decided to move there." Right. You you decided to move to this place. You and for some level, they take it personal that, you know, you decided that this place wasn't where you wanted to be. And so you've you've left. So you feel really and you left me that. and you yes. left me for that place. Same. Ooh. Right. Yeah. And so, like, um, there's just been a lot of things that you you realize all the things about um, inherently at home. Like I said, it becomes natural. I, at home, you know, I know exactly where my barber is. You know, I make an appointment. I know where he is. I get in the car. I go exactly there. Here it is more, you have to be more intentional about what you're doing and what you're, what you're going after. Um, I don't have a barber here quite yet. So I'm still experimenting with the things that, that happen. Um, even, even food, like 
you know, um, I had a chance. We, we came home to come get our animals. And, and, and in the, what's funny, in that two months, we drove across the country twice. So we drove across the country to initially get here. And then once we got our apartment, which took us about probably four months, because there is a housing here is different than home, right? You go to an apartment complex, you see a nice little little demo, and they go, well, this is the type of apartment that you can have. Here it is, it is vastly different. And you learn, the learning curve is very different here. So um, there's so many privately owned apartment buildings here, and there's not huge, like, there's a manager company that manages them, but it doesn't. So it's it's just a very, very much a learning thing. And you learn that in the six months span that you're here and at least that we are here. And, um, but there, you feel weird about talking about it. You feel weird about, um, saying grieving, I think is a perfect like thing to say about it. And people are like, why are you grieving? You wanted to move here and stuff like that. But you realize that you are literally saying goodbye to a lot of things that, you know, unless you're an avid mover, Right. I I didn't move a lot. My wife, on the other hand, she's kind of used to moving a lot just because of the nature of how her family, how she grew up and how her family was. Um, I I wasn't I'm not like I can probably count on one hand how many places I've actually lived my whole life, which I consider myself lucky for that. I wasn't a huge person always transitioning something something different. So the transition here was very, was, was my experience was very different than my wife's and my wife, literally she moved, she can count like 10 places that she's lived because she's lived in so many other places, her transition. So she's used to moving, transitioning, settling in very quickly, and then possibly not even staying there for long periods of time and then moving on to something else. So her ability to transition has been a little bit different. And, uh, than mine. So it's just very interesting to, 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 to like take that in and experience all of those things. And then like, like, you know, you really do, um, you really do feel like you're like, I can't really complain to anybody about this. Like my experience is yes, I want to be here. Yes. I don't want to move back home, but also I am having a tough time. Like I'm having a tough time transitioning and, you also, because you, because there's so much pressure that comes with doing this, because because you chose to leave, then there is an added pressure of people going, well, if you move back home, then you failed, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, like you decided that you wanted to move here, you thought it was going to be all this, and then you came back home, and then there's this level of failure that you're you're up against as well, and you don't want to fail. And I've always wanted to move to California for the last, I want to move to California ever since I turned 18 years old. Wow. Um, and so, like, you know, at 18, there are so many people in your ear telling you uh, moving to California, um, you know, uh, how can you, how, what will you do out there? How will you take care of yourself? You should stay closer to home so we can keep an eye on you. And so you you allow that to happen and then think life happens. You get used to things. And then, like, before you know it, you look up and you're 40 years old. And this will be your first experience moving here. 20 years it took me. And so uh, you just, it's a lot of pressure because I don't want to go home and I don't want to go home in failure, right? And then the other thing is you deal with is then you deal with being successful out here. 
So if you move out here and you take the same things that you've been doing from and the same things that you're trying to run from at home, and then you just take those habits, that experience, that mindset, and you just transfer it to someplace else, then you're no, you might as well have just stayed at home. You might as well should have just stayed where you are. Hmm. So now you're also dealing with that pressure. And like, I'm dealing with that pressure. I'm dealing with um, wanting to be here for 20 years and not wanting to fail and wanting to be and be. And now I'm actually here and I don't want to go home. I certainly don't want to go home in failure. If I go home, it'll be because I was successful out here and I chose to go home, not because I have to go home. Wow. And, and so like you and you and I have to be very careful because like you don't want to take that same mindset, the same mindset that drove you to leave wherever you're from. You don't want to bring that here. You don't want to do the same things you want. You want you want this to be a transformative experience in in every sense of the word. And so you you get up against that and that becomes very very difficult to to manage a lot of stress high stress and i mean full disclosure high i am like very stressed <laughs> these last six months have been very stressful and um you're i'm looking for you, you know you're looking for a way to to really make yourself feel like this was worth it and so it just it's a it's a journey which is why you know charlotte's still in transition which is why I, after six months, I'm still, I'm just now starting to feel it. I may not be totally comfortable, but I'm starting to feel it in a way. And there are a couple of pieces that I just need to move in order for me to really feel that this is, this is something, but I, I don't think people talk about it. I don't think people talk about the stress that it causes. I, I feel your stress. I feel your stress. Joy, tell him what's happening in his body. Tell him, tell him what, what, what his body is telling him. Well, that's what I'm curious about is how much of that pressure comes from within and how much of the pressure is real from outside. Because I think there is a bit of both that there are people who miss you. There are people who are saying you chose this. There are people maybe jealous of you, you know, and then there's people in the new place saying, who are you? Where did you come from? And then I'm wondering how much of that is real pressure from them versus how much of it is internalized, you know, coming from within, like how much is it from your own heart that doesn't want to, that wants to prove it to yourself or wants yeah. to prove it to them or. Nobody is harder on me than me. And that is, and, and because your mind, your mind can be the best, the best weapon for you, but it also can be your greatest enemy, your mm -hmm. mind. Cause yeah. no one, no one could be saying anything to you, but your mind is is talking to you constantly. You can't do this. You're not like you're this is you can't fail. Like, and so uh I tell this to people all the time. Yes, there are people who who have been hard on me, but nobody is anything that you've said, I guarantee you my mind has said something worse. I've said something worse to myself. That's right. And that self-talk, that that mind chatter, that negative self-talk that we all have piece of it in our head, which is our saboteur voice, that little piece that wants to protect us from getting hurt, right? The little, the little inner voice that says, I'm going to make you feel this way so that you don't get, if something bad happens to you, you don't, you won't feel it as much. I'm going to take the sting now before you get stung, right? 
Mm. Right. And so you're stinging right now in the transition and you you it overshadows all of the the growth that you've experienced, all the transition that you've experienced, right? All the newness that you've experienced gets overshadowed because that negative, that voice, I don't want to always call it negative, the protector voice, which sometimes could be a, a voice that um, can co- come down pretty harsh because maybe that's what we need to back off from pursuing what we really want to pursue, yeah. right? You pursued moving out to California. You said it was 20 years, right? Joy was really good. Where are those voices coming from? Is it inside pressure, outside pressure? Is it, is it, is it, is it real or is it partially real? Can it be used to motivate me to do what I really want to ultimately do, right? Um, And that impact of what you're saying on our body our internal voices impact on our own body is also so powerful because if you think about when you're comfortable in your own skin and you're comfortable in your own neighborhood and you walk into the grocery store and you know exactly where you want to get your stuff, you walk differently when you are, you know what to look out for when you're driving there, you know who to look out for or not. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a new environment and you don't know where the toothpaste is, And you don't know, you know, what neighborhood you're driving in and you don't know how they're going to judge you for what you're driving in or not driving in and how you're dressed. And like looking like you don't know what you're doing, you know, there's a whole different way that you carry yourself when you don't have that confidence of the comfort. You know what I mean? When you're comfortable and it brings a sense of confidence. And when you're not quite as comfortable in your surroundings, it gives a little bit of a on alert feeling, you know? So your shoulders are a little bit tighter, your back, and then you just transition, you just did a move. So that's not comfortable. Packing, lifting heavy stuff, you know, going up flights of stairs, trying to figure stuff out. It's not a comfortable process. And the first thing you don't put on your schedule is a massage, you know? Oh, I just moved somewhere. I'm gonna de-stress or take a vacation. That's not realistic. So you just keep plugging through, you know, and your body is like, now I have to find my way around town in traffic on the 405. What am I doing? You know? Yeah. We become yeah. human shock absorbers. Mm. That's all. We're absorbing the shock of all of the transition. Right. And I think that's where we're seeing people leaking out now. They're moving. Your your clients are coming to you, Joy, saying, guess what? I've been a shock absorber. It's time for me to get some new shocks and struts in here. I need to come in and get adjusted, which is why when I Look, whenever I'm going to East Coast, I always got to make my appointment before I get there because I need to have an adjustment, right? Because we've we've internalized a lot of this. And I think one thing I like about the beauty of our podcast and, and us talking about it, because somebody else is experiencing what, we, what we're experiencing to a certain degree, right? And we have to normalize it by talking about it. We have to normalize it by making people know and allowing people to say, guess what? Me too, Right. I'm in transition to Mike is moved to California. I moved to California at a different stage in my life. You have people who are in every stage of life looking at how they want to live out the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. 
And that's a, that's a transition. And I love the fact that we talked about it's a grieving process. But I want to also to say there's some gratitude in that, too. I said, because even as I moved, I became more grateful for the experiences that I've had right on the other coast, being close to my family, right? meeting joy and starting this podcast and seeing this podcast grow and, and reach other people. There, there was a level of gratitude that started coming into my life when the shock absorbing, I couldn't absorb the shock anymore. I had to release and find something out of this, right? What, what's beautiful, as Joy says, what shininess has come out of this move, out of this transition? And we can stay in the the change and how the change made us feel and the emotional toil and distress, and this and that. But then to what Joy just said, and I picked up on what you were saying, Joy, is that, you know, I can't, I can't take a vacation because I just started a new job. But in my spare time, what can I give myself permission to do, right? Mm-hmm. Or not to do, to think about or not think about the move, right? Or the transition. Right. Um, so that my body, because when I was doing some breath work and I was just trying to focus on my breath, I realized how rapid my heartbeat has been beating. Hmm. I didn't realize how fast my heartbeat was beating. And because I never stopped and paused and did breath work. But you told me about breath work, t- taking deep breaths. Right. And so, Joy, what other things can we share with people because the stress Michael's talking about is real, mm-hmm. right? It's it's manifesting all over his body, probably in his sleep, probably in other areas of his life, right? Relationships. And not just Mike, anyone listening. What are some tips that we can leave with people, you know, to help them pivot, I guess, a little bit into taking care of the person of who they are? Mm-hmm. as opposed to allowing the circumstances and the situation dictate to them how they should be responding and acting. Mm-hmm. I think there's an element of home base, finding your home base, which is different for each person. For some people, that's people. For some people, that's food. For some people, that's sleep. For some people, that's routine. There's something that makes us feel comfortable and helps us come back to our own home base, you know, and that can be really subtle little things. Um, And to your point of, um, you know, not taking a vacation because you just moved, there is an element of self-care that you have to take for yourself during, you know, even, and it's not over, like this could keep going on for another six months, your transition period, you know. And uh, it's not like a neat little package that is like, okay, dang, transition's done and I'm all good, you know? It's like, um, so if nobody's going to be like, oh, how's your transition going? Can I help you? It's been eight months. Can I get you a cup of tea? Nobody's going to do that, right? (laughs) Even though maybe they should. Um, But it's like, how can you give yourself TLC? How can you give yourself um, moments of comfort, you know? whether it's a creative outlet or connecting with the people who do have your back during this, because people are part of the reason why we move and make big transitions, you know, and people make or break it. So it's like who you moved with, who you moved for, 
who you move to meet, who still loves you from your old spot, no matter what. These people who are going to stay in touch with you matter even more than ever before. You know what I mean? So making time for connecting with them and saying that, saying, I, it would really help me if I could have a weekly phone call with you, or it would really help me if you could text me, you know, once a month to check in on me because I am floating out here with no, not a home base yet. You know what I mean? And so, um, so little comforts, little, little moments of gratefulness, like, like you said, you know, gratitude. It's like, you've got the sunshine now, you, you know, you've got the thing that people want to move out there for. So it's like the little moments when you can be comfortable and be grateful for the little things and, and connecting with the people, the people who really nourish you, because that is, you know, if your heart feels nourished, then the body will follow suit. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. with all of that. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I am grateful. Like, uh, every time, uh, there are still moments that still out here, you know, when you're driving on the 405, and even though you're sitting in traffic, you see, like, the mountains and the palm trees, and there are moments like that where I go, oh, I can't believe I'm I'm out here. I can't believe that I live here now. And I do try to find those moments and sometimes it's hard. You're so bogged down with everything else that's going on. And um, and it's it's really hard to see those grateful moments. And uh, what you're saying about trying to stay in contact with people and, you know, whatever that whatever that is, whatever you need to make sure that you are you are staying connected in some way or staying and talking to people who, who really ground you. Those things for me, it was it's my buddy Ike and he's the guy I do the movie Underground with. And uh, every week we try to play at least one session of video games together. That way there's a sense of community for him and I. Mm -hmm. And um, because I texted him the other day and I think we had played like a couple of sessions of video games last week or something like that. I texted him. I said, hey, man, I I really appreciate the, the gaming sessions that we're having each week because I am having a really I am under a an immense amount of stress out here. And I just wanted to tell him that I love you. And, and I said, I appreciate you. And um, yeah, because I, I needed to tell him that I needed him to understand yes. that, that because um, I have I have plenty of friends, but they all have their lives. They have families. And sometimes they don't have the time to to really focus and sit down and talk and all that stuff like that. But Ike has been Ike has been a very a huge, a huge like pillar lifeline for me out here so i'm mm -hmm. saying you gotta that one person if you, even if it's one person latch mm -hmm. on to that person be honest with them tell them that you're having a, a tough time yes. right and and what i love about ike is he didn't judge me for it right mm -hmm. he didn't go well you wanted to move out there that's where you wanted to be he he understood and i wanted him to understand how much those sessions mean to me we're playing video games we're talking you know we're being dumb we're dumb boys like it that's what we you know but it helped me it grounded mm -hmm. me it made me feel uh normal especially in a place where because it's new you have a way of not feeling normal and so uh I would say with that experience is find something that really grounds you, that brings you back 
to just even if it's an hour, 30 minutes that doesn't that where you can kind of just leave all the rest of the stress where it where it is for right now. You can pick it up later because it's always going to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least for now. Right. Yeah. You can pick it up later. You don't you don't have to carry it all the time. Put it down like and just just breathe. Right. Mm-hmm. And in those moments in those sessions where we're playing video games together, even though he's on the East Coast and I'm here, which is another thing they don't you know, you don't think about when you move across the country from people is the time difference. Everything mm-hmm. you think about somebody that you want to talk to <laughs> on the East Coast, it's a three hour difference. Just like now, it's one o'clock. It's like one o'clock here, almost two o'clock here for Joy. It's what is it? Almost four or five o'clock. You it's inherently disconnecting at that Mm -hmm. point. You're inherently not because you want to be disconnected, just because of the time difference. You are automatically disconnected because by the time you think of something or you text something to someone, you have to really think about what time you're texting. Sometimes I'll it'll be like nine o'clock here. And I'm like, Ooh, I should call my dad or Ooh, I should call my mom. And I go, it's almost, it's like 12 <laughs> o'clock there. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. Um, just I, what I say. Yeah. Be so, very intentional. The intentionality right. of, of what you, what you just said, sometimes the intentionality of forging those relationships or nourishing and fostering those relationships, right? The intentionality of breathing. There's so much power Joy, I would tell you, you you taught me the power of breath, right? And what breath and breathing means. It reminds you that you're still living, right? Mm-hmm. It tells you you need to slow down because your heart is going too fast. And I, and I love I love the fact, Joy, that you um, you you are connecting with with your clients and your you know in a in a different way of meeting them where they are in this stage of life, right? You know, we're still in the pandemic, but it's people are not focused on the pandemic. They're really focused on the outcome of how they want to come out of the pandemic. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing that we should leave our listeners with is that reflect upon what have you learned about yourself in the mm-hmm. transition? Right. What's valuable to you? What has risen to the top is what matters when everything has gotten shaken up at some point or another for everybody, you know, what is, what has risen to the top has, has been your anchor has felt really important, you know, cause if we've made it this far, you know, we can, we can get through another day cause there's been so much uncertainty, you know, and that's what we've all had to become adept at is managing uncertainty, you know, and we've each got a way that has, uh, that's helped us through the, through the, uh, through the waves of it all, you know what I mean? And so just like you're saying, breathing is really important and playing like to your point, Mike, I think gaming is really important and, and underrated by people, you know, playing is one way to connect with people that is really valuable and really important to get us through uncertainty because it's like uncertainty is a very left side of the brain. Let's figure a solution out. Let's problem solve. Let's fix it, fix it, fix it. And gaming just completely puts a spin on that where it's just, it opens up the creative side of you to be able to not think directly about that kind of stuff, but you can still connect with people in that kind of space, you know? Yeah. 
I tell you, this has been a great topic. We can go on and on, but we want you guys to continue to follow us on the homework show because we got some great people coming up in our community that will mm-hmm. keep you engaged, keep you listening. More importantly, give you something to really chew on and use and, and activate and put in your life. Um, we got to bring Erin back, our organizer, our declutterer queen. We got to bring her mm-hmm. back on the show. I can't wait to talk to her because my stuff is still in, boxed up. Now I got to go through and declutter again. We got a transition coach. We got so many people in our community that are just raring to go and just come on the show with us, Joy, and just really impart good information. Um, And so if you are interested in following us, you can find us at The Homework Show on Spotify, all all your podcast platforms. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. And so we are looking forward to our next show, Joy. I can't wait to get back to the mic with you and, and delve into another topic real soon. So this is Charlene signing off of the homework show. And, and this is Joy. It's been lovely talking with you again. And Mike, I'm always here kind of lurking in the shadows, but uh, it was great to get back and catch up with you guys. And it's the homework Mm -hmm. pod on Instagram as well. All right. Well, Mike, you're never in the shadow with us. (laughs) All righty. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick. Sorry, kids. Yep. Even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.